Hello, and welcome back to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Curious One podcast. If you have not heard of Maria already, she runs the page A Glimpse of Maria over on Instagram. Maria started her page over three years ago and organically grew her following to all that it is today. With over 8,500 followers and counting, through her platform, Maria has had the opportunity to speak out about racial inequality, raise money for those in need during COVID-19, attend Fashion Week, and partner with some of the biggest brands including Dyson, TD Bank, and ND Mattresses, just to name a few. During my conversation with her, we chatted about her immigration journey and what she has learned from living in different countries throughout her childhood. She shared with me her journey into content creation and the main messages she hopes to project through her platform, as well as her proudest accomplishments with a glimpse of Maria so far. Maria revealed what some of the behind the scenes looks like in regards to partnering with brands and what goes into content creation. We closed off the conversation by speaking about her journey into self-development and the impact meditation has had on her life. Maria is a beautiful soul, inside and out. I hope this conversation inspires you to ignite the creative flame that is in each of us. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. All right. So welcome, Mariah, to the Curious One podcast. It is honestly such a privilege to have you on the podcast. Sorry, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make a small correction. Did it's I say Mar- your name wrong? It's Maria. And honestly, okay, this is the thing. So when I was four years old, I like discovered Mariah Carey. I don't even know how I even remember this because I was so young. And I, since then, I've been mad at my parents for not naming me Mariah. So it's, it's I wish. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I wish. I wish. Let me restart. I'm going to keep this in, but I'm going to restart. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Welcome Maria to the Curious One podcast. It is truly such a privilege to have you on and to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I, I feel I've been kind of out of social media and like just being unplugged for a little while. So this is such a good way to jump into things. So thank you so much for having me. So I first came across your page. I'm pretty sure, um, was through Kaylee Reed. So we were actually just speaking about Kaylee in before we started recording here. And I've been following Kaylee's podcast for quite some time. And you were on her podcast originally. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, that's how I found you. I, I really can't remember. But if I'm being completely transparent now, I probably would look at your page aesthetically and I'd be like, wow, this is beautiful. You're all about like beauty and um, really editorial photos. And I'm not doing it justice in describing your page. But to me, I'm more about like words and things like that and not into like cosmetics. I don't wear a lot of makeup and things like that. But your content still just like grabs me because I feel like there is so much intention and so much meaning behind it. And if you look at every one of your posts, it has such a great story. And I'm just, I'm just loving what you're doing with your platform. And like, 
it's almost a good thing that I'm drawn to your, to your platform because it's something kind of outside of what I'd be interested in and it's inspiring me in different ways. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Thank you. That made sense. (laughs) It totally did. And I'm so happy that to hear that because it is very intentional. I put a lot of pride into the photos that I produce, but most importantly, I think messaging is so important and it has to be intentional and it has to, I don't know, inspire or give value in some way or another. So that's, I'm really happy to hear that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Honestly, like, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Like every post that you put out there is like curated. It's not just like some filler posts that you're putting in to, um, get the likes and to get the engagement and feed the algorithm. It's like, everything's literally like an essay in a way. Like, like that's what I admire is like, I'm there for the captions and things like that. And like what you're doing and the message behind everything and just everything that you seem to be producing just seems to have such a a beautiful message behind it, which I'm sure we'll get into in the conversation as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where all that stems from is I, I grew up in like a very conservative household where your opinion was always supposed to be on the hush hush. And now that I have this platform, it's just like, it just gives me the freedom to say what I want to say and be intentional with it. And it's very emotional. Like a lot of the captions that I write, I usually cry. And like my boyfriend, John always comes to me. Are you okay? Like he knows I'm working. He's like, are you going to be fine? I'm like, yeah, just, just have to get through this. Just have to get through this caption. So everything is very intentional and I share my heart always. I think that noticing. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And like, that just shows you're being vulnerable. And that is something, vulnerability is something that's really coming up in, in my life in the past, probably like four months. I've just met a lot of people that have really inspired me with their vulnerability. And so, yeah, maybe that's another reason why I'm really drawn to your pages. You are super vulnerable. And even it's like a place you were saying you grew up in a very conservative home. It's a, it's a format for you to express yourself. And that's how I feel with like the podcast as well. Like I can express myself on here too. So yeah. Yeah. But so you're speaking about growing up in a conservative household and I listened to you on Kaylee's podcast, as I've mentioned twice now, and you kind of dabbled about your, your childhood and growing up and, and you seem to have moved around a lot um, before you immigrated to Canada. So are you able to provide just a little bit of backstory about what your childhood was like? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I've lived like a thousand lives <laughs> because I've lived in so many places and they're all so different and unique. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. So I was born in Minsk, Belarus, which is a little country in Europe to a biracial household. So my mom is white and my dad is black. Uh, my dad's from Luanda, Angola, which is in Africa. So when I was about four years old, um, we ended up moving to his country, to Angola. And I even still remember how much of a culture shock that was because the people looked different. It was a different language, the weather, just everything. Just It, it was very impactful. Um, and then I stayed in Angola until I was 12. And then we packed and moved to California. Uh, and then from California, I went to Texas. From Texas, I went back to Africa. This time, um, we went to Cape Town, so South Africa. And then from Cape Town, back to Angola. And then eventually in 2009, I came to Calgary. So 
it's been quite a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. what brought your family to Calgary specifically? So my dad is an engineer, an oil engineer. So obviously Calgary, Says it all. <laughs> yeah, Calgary is the Mecca for yeah. that. I, th- I think I remember us choosing between Calgary and Australia. Oh, and no I, way. Yeah. And I always wondered how much different my life would have turned out <laughs> if, we, if we ended up going to Australia. It'd probably be a lot more warm, but yeah, no, I'm happy that we ended up here because the people and the landscape and just the experience that I that was able to curate in Calgary is so unique. So mm-hmm. no regrets. It's, it's so interesting to hear um, people's story and especially if they're not from Calgary, cause I actually was born and raised here. So yeah. that's what I always, I'm like, what brought you to this town, like to this city? Um, I've actually had like an interesting journey. I moved away from Calgary for two years and I've been back this past year and you grow up in some place and I, I feel as though I didn't really have much of appreciation for it. But honestly, since I've really embedded myself into different communities here and really gotten involved with the city and, and met people outside of my bubble, it's really amazed me and really surprised me how crazy Calgary is. It's not as this conservative, like hick city. It's actually super inclusive and very diverse. It's, it's, it's been really beautiful to see that. Absolutely. And I'm right there with you. I think when I first came to Calgary, uh, you know, living in cities, like world-class cities where the coast is right there, the beach is there, so much culture. And then you come to Calgary and it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do here? Uh, But it wasn't until I actually started A Glimpse of Maria on my platform is when I started getting more ingrained into the community. And then I'm, I'm also um, a communication student at MRU. So kind of being in the MRU culture as well, that's when I, I really started to understand the magic that, you know, Calgary brings. So I, I feel you. That's awesome. And that's, it's super cool that you say that about once you created the platform, like that's, it's like validating to me that like someone else has experienced that as well. Um, in regards to like the platform and feeling more involved in your community. Um, but before I move past your childhood, I want to ask, like I, I had a friend or, or I still have a friend who she moved around a lot as well. When she grew up, she lived in like Vietnam. She lived in Australia. She lived in like all different kinds of places. And I can just tell, like when I meet her, like she just, she's an old soul to me and she's seen so much and she's a very like calm presence. Mm -hmm. So how would you say that moving around all the time and living in these different cultures, what would you say was maybe one of the biggest takeaways that you, you took from that experience? I think one of the biggest takeaways, takeaways is just being really open to new experiences because moving at such a young age, it, it breaks you in many ways, but then you also become very tough. Um, I had to leave so many friendships behind, so many places that I loved um, and kind of moving into a whole new world where you don't know anyone. And in my experience, it's like you don't even know the language, right? So just... I am incredibly adaptable because of that, (laughs) very resilient. So um, I think that's really the biggest takeaway, just being really open to new experiences, new people and and new places. Mm -hmm. It's it's so cool. Especially like, like I've just grown up here and it wasn't until I left like willingly that I saw different bubbles. So it's like, I couldn't imagine 
being in different bubbles at such a young age when you're you're even more of a sponge than we are now, right? So that's crazy. absolutely yeah. yeah. And then your emotions are all over the place because you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was a very interesting um, upbringing, I would say, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because I think. I mean, even you and I now, like, I feel like I can bond with you and share experiences and talk to you on a level where maybe if I didn't have, you know, so much change in my life, I don't know if I would be that person. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't regret anything. That's for sure. <laughs> even maybe like, as outgoing, I'm just like thinking on tangent here. Do you like, yeah. at least for me, like once I left and I, went to different places. Now that I'm like here in a more settled place that I'm more familiar with, it's like, this is easy to me. Like I have no problem. I mean, I spoke to you earlier about the people above me in my apartment, but like, I have no problem going to a cafe and things like that and talking to people. It's same culture, you know, and we speak the same language. So it's like, to me, this is a lot easier to navigate than maybe if I was somewhere else as well. Exactly. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I want to transition a bit. Um, I have so many questions I want to ask you. So <laughs> I, if they're all over the place, just bear with me. Um, so your page, it is, when did you start it? Um, I think like my very, very first photo was, uh, I think the last day of December in, in 2016. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So four, four years, years ago. Yeah. Three-ish years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So it has definitely grown since then. <laughs> yeah. So what did your journey, journey transitioning into, is there like a term you would like me to use into like content creating or like uh, the influencer world or what vocabulary do you use? I prefer content creation. Okay. Uh, only because I also create content outside of my platform. So I, I okay. also help uh, brands create contents for their websites or for their own social media channels. Um, but yeah, I guess like influencers is, is, is kind of part of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know so many people that are in the, in that space are very uncomfortable with the label. <laughs> uh, but I think in one way or another, like I, I'm very proud of the messages that I put out there. So I guess influencer isn't isn't such a bad label I guess if you own it or if you're proud of the content that you're posting mm, I think that's that's great I've never really heard that before like it makes sense like you're and also too in a way you are just I can imagine the platform is just a way to be a bit louder into who you are like to share more about who you are to more people you know you're just highlighting that side of you yeah Absolutely. yeah but so, anyway all purposes for the podcast oh, yeah. content creation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so what was your journey into content creation? Like, what did that look like? Right. So I always kind of had an inclining, inclining to um, fashion and art. Um, and I always knew that I wanted a career in that space, but I didn't really know if that was feasible. And I kind of had a limiting mindset and thinking that, you know, this world is just reserved for the few privileged. Um, but I think with social media, I think um, at the time I was really looking up to like Ami songs and Vanessa, Vanessa Hong um, and Nia Delight. I don't know if you know these, these influencers, but they were just kind of like ordinary people that were um, able to climb the ladder, I guess. And get invited into Milan and Paris Fashion Week. And just by being themselves and being authentic and showing up 
for their audience and really honing in their craft. Um, but I knew it was possible, but I, I don't know, I was just kind of like on the fence with it all. Um, and then in 2017, I met John and he was an amateur photographer. And he used to take photos of like cars and landscapes. So no people at all, no fashion at all. And I've just kind of like started tagging along to see um, his process. And um, I remember we used to go to like uh, Scotsman's Hill just to see like the view. And like, I was just like absorbing everything like a sponge. And then we started kind of going into the national parks on the outskirts of Calgary. And we started shooting. Um, He started shooting me. And on the side, I was coming up with these like very creative uh, fashion slash nature shoots or campaigns at the time, but they were just for me, right? It was just for fun. Um, And I started posting them on Instagram. But what I started doing is I also started posting the behind the scenes on on, uh, stories. And at the time, Instagram didn't have um the oh, what's the feature um it was the feature that you can or there was no highlights or anything like that oh so yeah yeah fire in like 24 hours which is so sad because uh those were some of like the craziest things that we've done and like the craziest memories so you would see john and i literally hiking for four or five hours with like 10 pounds of clothing in our like in our backpacks um <laughs> And we, we went through like a waterfall chasing phase and we would create these like very, very, I guess, out of the box editorial shoots, uh, but also being super transparent that it's not glamorous and it's not easy. Um, and I remember people were DMing me for like hiking instructions and, <laughs> and just like, oh, you know, I saw you. Uh, posted at like Johnson's Canyon or whatever like what's it like to like how long does it take to get there and yeah and it was just like really weird I feel like I was kind of like a a Parks Canada guide in many ways. Yeah a tour guide or something. But it um, I think people were really interested because it was different. Uh, It wasn't like any other fashion and lifestyle influencer that was out there and that's how my platform really started to build and take off. And then um, I really challenged myself to not rely on nature anymore. So I started doing uh, set designing for my shoots um, and just kind of pivoted that way. And then uh, recently, I guess this year, um, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a PR communication student and I ended up losing my internship um, for to graduate basically. Uh, because of COVID-19 and I had pitched to the chair of my program and I said hey I'm already working with a lot of brands Um, I a lot of what I'm doing is very translate like the PR aspect of it translates into influencer marketing and content creation can I just employ myself and they said sure go for it no one's ever done that but but at this point, you've already lost your internship. What else do you have to lose, right? So, uh, and that's when things really, really started taking off. Um, I found my voice in many ways because I started talking about um, prevalent topics, topics that matter. I spoke about racial equality or, sorry, racial inequality um, during like at the height of Black Lives Matter. 
um, I raised money to um, basically help out people financially through my platform when COVID first hit. So I started doing a lot more than just fashion and beauty. And that's when really things started taking off. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of like the glimpse journey. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. so cool. Cause like at the beginning, it sounds like it was all self-motivated. Like where did that come from thinking, okay, I've been in nature now and I've been using this set. Like, okay, now I want to chat. You said, I, then I started to challenge myself. Like how cool is that, that you had that self-motivation and that internal belief and, and self-awareness to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm using this now. This is comfortable. I want to move on. Like where, where did that come from? I guess, again, it's just like adaptability. And I, I'm kind of one of those people that's never satisfied with anything that I do, which is, uh, I guess, a double-edged sword, but it does push you to get better and better. And it just makes things more fun, right? Yeah. That's, that's, I love, I loved hearing that. Cause I always wondered how you started out. I thought you started out in like, actually like modeling. I thought you were with like a modeling agency. It was always just you and John. I, I, I wasn't a modeling okay. agency, but um, I didn't really book many jobs. I think I booked maybe two jobs in Calgary, and that's it. Uh, but yeah, no, it really started off from John and I um, and my love for, for fashion. I have a Vogue collection. Every city that I've ever been in around the world, I buy a Vogue. And when I was a kid, it was just kind of my escape from reality. I, I love uh, high fashion, and I love runway, and the world that, that it creates and the story that it tells through closing is just really, it's kind of been my, my safe haven through many mm-hmm. years. And now I'm able to like live that out, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Surreal. I could imagine. Absolutely. In many ways. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love your story. I, I just keep saying that. I'm sorry. Um, so with your platform, you, we've spoke about it a bit and, and I know you've touched on it a bit, but I have one question and if you feel like you've, you've answered it already, but what are, what kind of overall message do you hope to create with your platform? Yeah, absolutely. So I think on the surface level, like you said, when, when you went on my platform, it's all about, I hope you took that in the, I, sometimes I, I said it and I was like, did that come across correct? I hope it did. I, I meant that in a really good way. No, I absolutely took it as a good way because at the, at the end of it is, yes, I, I am a fashion and lifestyle influencer and, it, and it's, they're both things that I like to talk about and fashion is in many ways like part of my life, right? So mm-hmm. absolutely, I take no okay. offense to that. I take I just, a lot of pride in that. <laughs> the one thing I'll say is like, but I, this is, I guess, a better way to say it now. Um, like I don't normally follow fashion bloggers or lifestyle bloggers. It's usually things about like, I don't even know other things. Right. So, but you are like probably one of the very few people that I do follow and it's because you go beyond just that. So yes, continue on. (laughs) No, that I totally got that. Don't even worry. Yeah. It's definitely translated. So, um, yeah. So on the surface, you see the beautiful images and the fashion and the lifestyle, but I think at the heart of it, the message has to do with the ups and downs of life and just, I'm very transparent. I, And particularly in the ups and downs of chasing an extraordinary life, because in many ways, when you're very, I guess, ambitious and and you 
and you crave more, it's a, a, it's a very grueling process and boring in many ways. Like the time that it takes to like strategize things and to pitch and to come up with ideas, it's, it's you and your computer. It's not out there shooting beautiful images, you know? And it's, it's sometimes it's disheartening in many ways because there is a lot of rejection. There is a lot of closed doors that you have to break down. So I think highlighting that process is where I really take solace in because I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, and yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, I think no. I'm answering this. I think that's what you're asking is just like really highlighting the ups and downs of chasing an extraordinary life. That's exactly it. And that's, if I'm being honest, like I've had such a struggle um, engaging in social media for a really long time until I created my podcast and I have a completely different intention behind it. But I struggled because when I just look on it personally and look at my friends and just my personal account, it's just, it's the highlight reel, but our brains don't understand that. And it would really, it would really affect me um, more so than I think I actually acknowledged at certain moments. And so I think you just shedding light onto not only the highs and the lows and the behind the scenes, as you said, that you, you really do create, um, but also to like some of the lower moments. You're like, you're very transparent on your page of when you're feeling really run down and you are feeling overwhelmed and you, you share that. And it's like comforting because you're someone who I, I like, I look up to in the social media world, but yet I'm like, okay, wait, no, she's like, she's human too. And I think sometimes we forget that with, with social media is that like these people, they are just like us. They eat, they sleep, they breathe. You know what I mean? So, um, I really respect that for sure. Yeah. And I I think you summed it up very beautifully and and you said it so well, It, it does take a toll when the only thing you see is, oh my gosh, look at these exotic places and the purses and God knows what you see, right? And obviously, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it provides people with aspirations. So I don't think it's all bad, but I think being transparent that a lot of times life is very mundane and finding beauties and and being okay with that and just being patient with yourself is important to remember and it's a message that i definitely try to inject as much as possible um into my content that's so crazy you said that because i remember you posted a photo and i don't even know if you remember like i'm sure you talked to so many people but you were talking about the mundanity of the everyday habits and we started talking about the book atomic habits and like yeah it's just that this probably so i started reading that book around january of this year and that book yeah i think it just put vocabulary to certain things that i i couldn't comprehend or um just yeah it's just like it's the daily things that no one my dad always says it's like it's the things that no one else wants to do but you got to do like that's what's going to get you to where you want to be if that makes sense absolutely i think where it matters the most is when you put in time where there's no pats in the back or claps you know it's like that every day i think i think they even mentioned in the book the one percent the one percent you have to keep building it up until there's like a threshold moment where everything just comes your way and then and even after that threshold moment you still have to keep working at it and in many ways um i've definitely definitely experienced that through a glimpse of maria because 
like I said, I started this in 2017 and only now am I starting to book the big campaigns and seeing the big names and adding, you know, that to my, to my resume. Mm -hmm. So um, it was three years of a lot of grueling work and it (laughs) it really still is, you know, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah. This is the stuff like these are the podcasts that I listen to is like the CEOs of the companies and things like, that, like talking about the days that they were starting out because it just goes back to what we keep saying. It's just like we always just see the end product and the, and the highlight reel. So it's it's so cool to see it for sure. Um, I want to ask you another one, but and it is based around your platform as well. So what have been some of your proudest accomplishments that you have done with a glimpse of uh, Mar- Maria so far? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, proudest moments. I think, I think the, I think starting a glimpse was my proudest thing, actually, that very, that finding the courage of posting that first photo. And I'm sure you could relate that with the podcast, maybe, because up until that first podcast, that episode, that photo goes up, there's a lot of self work that you have to do mentally and in, in many ways, like strategically, right? So building up the courage of putting myself out there was probably one of the proudest moments that I've ever done because that very first step led to everything else that happened. Um, but I guess going beyond that, nothing beats Paris and Milan Fashion Week. <laughs> um, I was invited to attend both. And then shortly after, I was invited to attend New York Fashion Week, which I mean, like 12 year old me was in heaven, right? It's something that you just see on TVs or even through Instagram. Actually, we talked about, you know, having a little bit of like a downshift or I guess a depressing moment when you look at the highlight reels. And during uh, New York and Paris Fashion Week in Milan, when I watch those influencers that I look up to, having these experience that you so much crave and that you're working so hard towards um and it's just not happening for you was like some of the most depressing times you know like in my social media i guess Mm -hmm. dwelling um so that that was incredible attending that and living that in the flesh was was something that i that i'll never forget obviously and hopefully after covid there'll be more of that yeah um and then speaking on racial injustice this summer and providing a biracial voice to the conversation um, was something that I think really, really was, was challenging um, and rewarding in so many ways. Um, and then starting that fund to help Calgarians who were struggling financially through like the initial COVID stages. So like going beyond the fashion and, and the beauty and just really like the substantial stuff that I, that I've produced was, was some of my proudest moments for sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, that was, you collaborated with Kaylee on the podcast, um, during the time of, um, the Black Lives Matter movement when that was like at its peak and everything. And you were on there like every day showing up and expressing how you're feeling, providing resources and just shedding light. And, um, honestly, you were a page that I was coming back to quite regularly as I was like personally, and I still am trying to navigate all that is going around on all that is happening around that. Um, so I just want to thank you for that, for, for doing that. Cause I could imagine that would have been a lot, um, during that time. 
Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you for expressing that. I appreciate it because it was some of the most uh, brutal days, I think, and on, on social media for me, but mm-hmm. 100% worth it. Oh, it makes my stomach turn that it was a brutal, like you said, it was one of the most brutal times when it, it should be a time when you should feel the most supported and most uplifted and everything. But yeah. I was, I was in many ways. I think what I'm saying in that is, um, just personally like putting yourself out there and kind of saying things that you've suppressed uh, most of your life, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and just kind of, I don't know, like fighting for your right to also be heard and to be understood and provide an opinion. And because I think majority of my audience is, is white. Um, So have like being that resource and coming from a white and black family, it was just a process that I never thought I would be in. Um, but it, it, it was challenging because I think I, I literally woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and I would go to bed at one or two, like having conversations with people around around that. And at the time, people were disconnecting with their families and figuring out a way to approach their friends. And, and I guess I helped in, in some way or another. Um, so it, it was... <laughs> It was definitely interesting. And I think beyond that, I, I still want to advocate for everything that I stand for mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. I, the only other, like, it would just be really hard, I feel like, to also, like, be navigating all that you're going through, but then just coming from, like, the social media perspective, but then also, like, having to show up even though I'm sure there was things that you were still processing and trying to figure out, but yet you have all this external things going on, not only in the world, but then on the platform and everything like that. So, yeah. Where do you find that you um, gain a lot of your inspiration from? Yeah. um, So inspiration, (laughs) that's a tricky one because right now I feel like I'm running low on that juice. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you also uh, just finished exams and everything for, we, we talked about that before we started recording. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I think my hands down biggest inspiration is always going to be my mom, Angelica. Oh, I, I got my love from fashion from her. And when I was young, she worked as a um, personal designer to some of like the most influential women, powerful women um, in Angola as we like touched on when I moved. And um, I think dressing, you know, somebody like a female judge and wives of politicians, is just kind of, it, I think as a young girl, it kind of sets you on this path of like, wow, this is what I have to strive for, you know? Um, So she was able to make these women, these women feel incredible in the garments that she produced um, while also being very candid with her advice and very encouraging. So I try to approach my content in the same level as she with like artistry and compassion in whatever message I'm putting out. So hands down, my mom is my biggest inspiration. And I guess going beyond that, I love like the combination of old and new. So it's not uncommon for me to pair like bike shorts with like a very crisp uh, shirt 
Yes, I've noticed that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So old and new, definitely. And then uh, texture and color is a big one. Nature, when I started, was a huge, huge inspiration. Uh, But I think there's nothing more inspirational than a really good story. So I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I follow a lot of people and their stories inspire me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. That's actually crazy. You said that now that, now that you bring that up, I feel like I I can see that in your content as well, because in your captions that I've spoke about, like I resonate with is, um, even you did one, you partnered with, um, a home builder. Was that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you were like, you were telling the story. It's like you, I think you were walking your dog or something and you just, how you were wording it and everything. I was like, this sounds like a fairy tale. And like, again, like it's working. I'm like, this isn't something I normally be drawn to, but like I'm reading it through and like you following all the content. So you, you do a really good job. Like, I think it's, I think the reason maybe why I'm so like with you is because you're a very, you seem to be like a very creative person. And that's something that I'm trying to open up to more and, and, and maybe tap into that more myself. So I see other people that are super creative and like my sister's one of them as well. And I'm just like, how do you guys comprehend this? So that's why I'm like, tell me your ways. <laughs> do you yeah. find that, um, I find sometimes when I, as I've been trying to like tap more into my creativity and, and then like creating content with the podcast and things like that, do you resonate with this where, where I find that when I am creating more or instigating more creation or opportunities to create rather than consuming, I feel way more in flow? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The more you do, the better you're going to hone in your craft and you're in that space already. So it's easy to transition, mm-hmm. right? Because you're already thinking about you know, the next stages or everything is like a constant flow and you might be working on one project and then you might not be able to use this idea for this particular project, but then you're like, okay, this is going to be great for another thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I think I'm much more creative when I'm actually in the zone rather than seeking inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes because sometimes I feel as though, but now I'm just reflecting, maybe I, maybe I don't actually get genuine um, inspiration from these things. But I think sometimes I, I go on social media to see like, what are people talking about? What's going on? Like, what is like, um, like things that, that can inspire me. But um, so I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to go on social media and I have to scroll through rather than just like, just upload and engage with like what's going on on my page, but also to like, see what's out there. But sometimes it's like, it, 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 like you said, it takes you out of your craft, but then also too, like your ego comes in, you start comparing or things like that. Right. But, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think for me with what you're saying, like what I do when I scroll is there are a lot of like very, very good creators and, and people that you aspire to be. And, uh, for me, I, you really utilize that, um, save feature on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where I literally build, oh my gosh, I have so many libraries of shoes, of uh inspirational words, of lakes, of whatever it is. And I just compare compartmentalize everything. And then when I need an idea, I would go and seek uh seek it out that way because obviously I already connected with it in the past. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll be able to do something with it again. And I think 
in on social media there's a lot of like copying actually tiktok is like notorious for that right like you don't even know where who originated this trend but it it just like it's the same thing over and over and over again um and i think with instagrams like you really have to be careful not to copy mm-hmm. but maybe get inspired but really make it your own your mm-hmm. own content so that's mm-hmm. a challenge in itself yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it is, it is like you said, like, as I'm dabbling more into this, like, I feel like I'm in one of the most creative stages that I've been through so far in my life, but it is, it's like a domino effect almost. And you just, you get into that state and it is true. Like you think of one thing, but then you think of four other things and then it's exciting. It's a really exciting feeling. So, yeah. Um, one, one thing that I wanted to ask that I love asking because as I've set more into this world, I've learned more about like the algorithms and what's actually going on behind the scenes. And I've met more people that are in this kind of content creation or influencer world. What is one thing that you think maybe the mainstream um, society or like just your average person doesn't know about content creation or influencer marketing and things like that? Um, well, let me tell you, it's nothing like Emily in Paris. <laughs> I, was so angry. I was so angry when I started watching that. <laughs> he so effortlessly takes these photos and they yeah. got, you know, thousands of likes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, one hashtag. Yeah, I wish life was that easy. Um, but I think a surprising fact that um, there's a lot of strategy and planning that goes into um i would say like a a good profile or with like working with brands um because as a creator you have to go through like the approval process right um because what happens is brands reach out to you with a campaign and then you have to pitch your concept of how you interpret you know the campaign and how you interpret the key messages and kind of tell it tell it through your own lens and through your own creativity. So there is a lot of strategy and planning before a photo even gets posted up. And it's not in an inauthentic in way. Um, I think it's just making sure that uh, you are, are actually providing value, you know, through your posts. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I approach my, my campaigns. I, I don't know if I can speak that for everyone, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of, planning and yeah a lot of planning that goes into it so then like working with brands there's a couple questions I have around it and some some I've told you but some I I just kind of thought of so if if, if you're willing to answer them it'd be super interesting but do you ever have like some brands that pitch to you and and if you don't feel comfortable answering this but that you just you maybe just don't resonate with them and, and have you ever had to say like this isn't for me absolutely tons tons I think yeah I think um well, okay. So it's kind of, it's a very interesting process. So recently I've partnered with TD Bank, right? Mm-hmm. And at first glance, you're like, okay, what does a fashion and lifestyle influencer have to do with TD Bank, right? It's, it doesn't seem like an organic fit. But then I was able to make the messaging um, very ingrained in my everyday life. So what we ended up doing with TD is we, um, posted these advice for students and advice that you don't learn in school. And especially in these crazy, crazy times that we live in, there is a lot of advice that, you know, maybe you're not getting 
from an online platform, from an online school kind of situation. Um, so really, I think a good creator is able to take these out of the box brands and really hone in and uh, hone in the message in a way that resonates with your audience. But obviously, at the same time, you I have to watch for my brand and the way people view it. So I, I definitely turn away a lot of campaigns and money too, yeah. which is yeah. hard to do when you're- I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and a creative, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think always having that long-term vision of how you know your brand want, uh, how you want to represent your brand is very important and choosing the brand campaigns accordingly and strategically is important too. Mm -hmm. yeah I remember seeing some of those posts and I would like see the photo and then I'd start reading and I'd be like wait what TD Bank like this is for TD Bank because it was so synergistic and like I felt like it just meshed right in and it seemed super organic and I was like good on her like these are crazy um you had like one in your kitchen and one with like books right you're like in the library yeah yeah I did uh, I did for one of them it was um myself and I was able to like multiply the image so yeah I don't like, know how you did that I don't know either <laughs> again research and planning yeah yeah uh, yeah and I I pitched that to them and they're like whoa okay this is really cool and we ended up running with it and yeah it was it was a definite like proud moment again that I could say and in a very like out of the box campaign because I never thought I would partner with a financial institution like never in a million years and like it's a big one too like it's not just a little bank here in Calgary like it's awesome um so like what does that process look like though I know you mentioned it a bit um already but like working with brands so like are they just reaching out to you just like sliding into the dms or like was it always that way or did you kind of have to hustle and just maybe put yourself out there and like what what would you say to that Yeah. So absolutely. It wasn't always that way. (laughs) Um, So when I first started, I ended up posting a lot of like incorporating brands in a very organic way without even like reaching out to them. Right. So I would, I don't know, I was like really into anthropology at the time. Uh, I know they're a little controversial now, but at the time I really liked them. Um, And I would just post style outfits and these like crazy nature background scenes and I would tag the brands and some of them saw it and some of them didn't um and then later on I started being more strategic and more intentional so I would actually curate the photo and I would send it to them and I'd say hey this is what I'm already posting about you guys would you be willing to partner up yes a lot of them said no (laughs) was this like was it just be like on Instagram or like, would you go to I would email them? Email them. Okay. Cause that's like, I'm just curious. Cause like, this is what I've been doing in a different way of like getting people on my show. You know, it's yeah. like, I go to their Instagram, but if they have an email, I'm like, Oh, into the email. Okay. And more professional that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause think about it. So many people are DMing them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them go into an inbox that maybe they'll never see. Yeah. Um, so I think email is the best way. It's obviously not always easy to find the contact, but if you're resourceful, you will. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, uh, later on, I started being a bit more aggressive. So I would have like, I guess what I would call reach out days. And I would literally pitch like 40 brands a day, 50 brands a day. And I would come up with concepts for like a lingerie company. I would just pitch out 
however many I can find that fit with my own personal um, brand aesthetic and products that I like. And again, a lot of rejection, but you know, it, whatever, it only takes one or two brands to say yes. And then the other brands will notice. Yeah. So it kind of like a domino effect. Um, now with, uh, my platform being a bit more successful, I don't reach out at all. I have, uh, brands contacting me. Um, but I've already forged a lot of relationships with these PR companies by being extremely professional, by being, by going above and beyond. I always add a little, you know, extra story or mention a little something extra things that I resonate with and I want to share. Um, and that's how you build good relationships with brand, with PR companies and they trust you to, you know, represent their clients well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I, I never really, this is kind of like out of the blue maybe for you, for me to bring this up, but something I never really knew much about until I started seeing Kaylee and Kaylee has an agency and she would really highlight um, influencers almost getting like taken advantage of by brands and things like that. Are you able to speak a bit so like essentially and correct me if i'm incorrect correct me if i am wrong in saying this it sounded as though brands would reach out and take advantage of these influencers or these up-and-coming pages or micro influencers and um ask for content that and and just really underpay them or take advantage of them in, in, in other ways have you had any experience of that or like do you want to speak to that in any way it definitely happens. It's a huge issue in the industry, uh, just because nothing is legitimized yet. Right. You know, it, it is still new in many ways. And a lot of people who are up and comers will do work for free, which to be quite honest, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think working for free needs to be very strategic, strategic on your part and very intentional. An example that I, I can share with that is, um, Tourism Calgary, actually. Okay. So Tourism Calgary approached a lot of, inf- or some influencers in Calgary uh, to kind of share about Stampede and, and what they're doing to kind of like hone in on the Stampede spirit. And the payment for that was a white hat, like a white Stampede. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, t- I've never worked with Tourism Calgary in the past, and I've always, always wanted to. And I knew like by taking this job, it was like a way to prove myself to them. And nobody else ended up taking that job. (laughs) And uh, we have like an influencer chat that we, that uh, people in the city kind of talk to. And they're like, did you guys, who took the job? And I was like, (laughs) I did it. And I remember getting like red in the face and I was so embarrassed. But after that, I think that month I ended up scoring two paid deals with them, two paid campaigns, a staycation. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think it was like a tourism or sorry, it was a hotel arts staycation and they paid for all the days that I've stayed there. And on top of that, they actually paid me for the content that I produced. So all in all, it was worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And thank thank you for being like so transparent about it because – I feel like a lot of people aren't. And I think it's it's super valuable. Like I'm just like learning, you know, and I've started to like dabble into like reaching out to people and like working with people and being like, okay, like if I do X, Y, Z, like, like trying to start working with brands. And I've actually just had like someone, um, 
like not a super everything was professional everything like that but it was like it was like a bit of rejection and then kind of like oh who are you to like be charging this and like i'm just still kind of navigating my feet on like what to charge and things like that so uh, I'm I'm just finding a lot of value from this conversation, so I, I appreciate you being so open about it. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's scary. It's scary. it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like who am I to ask for you know X amount of dollars for? But no, it's it's your time, it's your yeah. effort, it's your creativity, it's what you bring to the table, and that deserves compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I I think there are a lot of brands that do take advantage of up and comers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just knowing what's in it for you as a creator is important and, and making sure that there's longevity in this relationship that you're building and that you're taking on work for free, you know? Mm-hmm. It's also a weird thing too, because two, two reasons being it's, as you said, it's still like an up and coming thing. It's not really, um, regulated and things like that. So it's like, if I go into an interview for like a normal job i kind of know especially if it's in certain fields in certain industries i know my past history i know what i've been paid in the past i know what i'm worth so like when they ask that question like how much are you expecting from the job i know and i feel comfortable and i feel confident in my answer mm-hmm. so that's kind of hard now because I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm just just starting out i'm just trying to figure that out but also too it's a weird thing too in in a way if you look at it and i, I don't know if you feel this like but it's me. Like I'm selling myself. It's not like a job or anything like that. Like, like my podcast and things like that. It's like, it's, it's just me. I'm not putting on some facade. And also too, it's just, I, in regards to people being maybe um, taken advantage of, it's because they're just like these young people. They don't have a manager or anything like that to kind of go through. Right. It's maybe it's this young 16 year old girl that doesn't know. Right. Which is scary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an extension of yourself and how much do you charge for that? Right. (laughs) What am I worth? Like uh, financially, that's a weird question. Right. But I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. For sure. But I I think now it's so, I'm very happy to see like people like Kaylee, especially, um, and there are so many other accounts that are really kind of at the forefront of that conversation. Yeah. And they're kind of setting the standard and, and really talking about when it's okay to take free work or gifted work and when it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would kill to have that when I first started out, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm happy that the, that it's becoming less taboo to talk about money. Mm, totally. Now I want to get into a topic that I love talking about, which is um, self-development. I call it self-exploration. Um, I don't know people think I'm, or self-discovery. People think I'm kind of wooey when I say that, but I think it's a great way to say it. So you post about it quite regularly on your page and um, I love that. And so I just wanted to ask, what did your journey into self-development look like? Like, how did it start? Yeah. So, um, I think when I was, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think 17, 16, like those end of teen years, I started developing really, really bad anxiety and I didn't know what it was. Um, I just kind of thought my chest was exploding and I was having a heart attack, but then through a little bit of research, I found out that, you know, I have anxiety and there are ways and things that you can do to cope with it and to subside it. And that's how I started meditating. So I've been meditating for 10 years and it's honestly changed my life. I became uh, much calmer. (laughs) Um, 
individual and I was able to kind of like take on things that I would otherwise just kind of shut door, like my doors to. Right. Because I just couldn't handle it emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think that started my self-development journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was definitely through meditation. And then it kind of just evolved. I'm a big fan of just improving yourself as a human being. Uh, because I think that is the only way to really make an impact around you. Like if you have a good grasp on who you are and kind of keep your mar- your own marbles in check, <laughs> then you can help everybody else around you. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you like, in your research, you're like, oh, I'm, I can imagine like meditation kept coming up. So then one day, did you just like sit down and start to meditate or did you use like a course or, or an app um, to do that? No. So now I use Calm, which is an amazing, amazing app. Um, I listen to bedtime stories. (laughs) (laughs) My friend does the same thing. He loves it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm really into a guy named the French whisperer right now and his accent and just the calming nature of the way he tells his stories is just the best thing. It's the best thing. (laughs) But before, no, I, I really was, I don't even know, maybe I watched a YouTube video. This is like 10 years ago and I'm yeah, aging yeah. myself now. I'm 28 and at the time, like I was like 17, 18, right? So there wasn't a whole lot of information out there. And like, I, I think it was a YouTube video that I've watched and the way they described it is like you picture this is going to be so weird. No, <laughs> you, uh, it's not weird. Trust me. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you picture uh, air flowing in, but like you associate a, a color, like a good color to the air that you're bringing in. And for me, it was always this like very like almost like crystal clear blue and the air coming in, like you visualizing mixing with another color that's not that not so pleasant to you like a a brown or like something dark I guess um like a mucky green or something and then it like mixes with the blue and then when you expel it when you breathe it out all of that leaves right until eventually the your chest or whatever you're visualizing is is clear of that of that bad color Mm -hmm. um so that's, that's how I started meditating, just like really visualizing like that, that anxious feeling leaving my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I started, I, my like, I call it, I call it like, a, I had like a spiritual journey or like a spiritual awakening when I was, um, I was 18, 19, 19, I think was really when I, I really dove into um, self-development and it wasn't until maybe like a year after that, that I actually started exploring meditation and it would be me sitting in my bedroom, having to have the doors closed. And I lived with my mom at the time and I was like, mom, don't come in my room for the next, I could only do like 10 minutes. Right. And I would just try and be quiet. So if there was like birds chirping or a car driving by, I couldn't do it. And I was like, and I would just sit with the timer on and then like the timer would go off and I'd be like, right. But then it maybe it was like June of 2019. I think it was, I got the app. It's called waking up by Sam Harris. And one thing in the app and the reason why I like, I love it so much. And I, I advocate for it so much is because, um, 
he teaches you how to meditate because our mind is such an intricate thing and they're just we've never been taught about it how it works and how to quote unquote silence the mind it's just oh just sit and be quiet but if you can't sit with yourself sitting in silence is a scary thing and it's hard whereas he walks you through he does like a 50 day um, program where he teaches you how to meditate and so that's been a huge thing for me and and as you said you said you feel like you're able to open up more to certain maybe feelings and experiences, whereas before you'd kind of close them off. Mm-hmm. I view that as like holding space. Like now I feel as though I'm able to hold space for more individuals or maybe I'm, I'm more aware of when I'm able to hold space because sometimes I'm not always. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed, but now at least I know like, okay, I, I don't have the space for this right now, if that makes sense. So it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. I... I I relate to that so much. And I think it's really just knowing when to be patient with yourself when you really don't have like the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to, you know, record the podcast or whatever it is. Phone call or the look at your phone and read the text message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that it's all right to not do that. And like, your it's kind of like a currency right like you you give you give but you also have to uh i guess recharge and take from places that you know recharge you to be able to give again so yeah no absolutely and it's funny to me that you came to your self-development actualization kind of like time at 18 too so (laughs) that's quite interesting my dad had given me a book, I think, when I was 17. It's called The Voice of Knowledge. Have you heard of it? By Don Miguel Ruiz. I think that's what He did The Four Agreements. Um, it's an amazing book. And I remember I read it, and I would write out these quotes at the end. He has a summary at the end of each chapter, and I'd rewrite them. But I didn't think anything of it. Like, I don't know where my brain would have been at at that time and why I wrote them out. And then I went through, like, I went to school for holistic nutrition. We went in a spirituality course. I went traveling. This all happened at the same time. I was going through the um, spirituality course. I traveled to Europe for, like, three weeks from my first time leaving North America. And I went through a breakup, all like, my very first, like, real breakup all at the same time. And so that was when, like, that book that I had been kind of been dabbling into, all of a sudden, it was, like, a different language. And it was just, like, going straight to my soul so that's when it really skyrocketed for sure yeah (laughs) obviously so whoever somewhere in the universe (laughs) knew that you needed that alignment and you needed like to find strategies to cope with whatever you're going like whatever was going on at the time so yeah I think it was yeah it was just like I I maybe I think I was just maybe more open to things I don't think I I really need like coping I don't know yeah it was just it was a crazy time Okay, so in regards to your self-development and um, your, I call it spirituality, but I, that's, that's a different term. Yeah. What kind of habits and routines do you find are kind of non-negotiables or that really help you to feel in alignment with yourself, whether you're able to do them at certain times or not? Absolutely. Um, so this year especially, I've really, really zeroed in on almost like Oh gosh, I I know it's bad to call it like a formula, but it it really is. It just works for me. I think that's great. A formula. I I would use that. You're going to laugh because it's so silly. So it's Jim with a J. Jin with a J? 
gym, like gym. like going okay. to the gym, but yeah. with a J. Okay. But journaling, yoga, and meditation. And I have no idea why I can't visualize that in my brain. I have to write it out. <laughs> You're going to get a tattooed on your wrist or something one day. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's uh, journaling, uh, meditation, and yoga. So I, I actually started this um, when I moved away to France. So I, I moved for half a year, did schooling there last year. And just like as a way to kind of like bring a little piece of me to like a foreign environment, that's kind of what I was doing. Um, so it starts with just journaling about my day, whether that is setting intentions for the day or writing about things that are really bothering me just to kind of get it out of your head so it's not so it's not an anchor that stays with you throughout the day um and then yoga uh and i there's no particular thing that i have to do like i would literally just go on youtube and look up um yoga exercises or like yoga routines um and then my meditation which like I touched on, I've been doing it for such a, a long time. So it just really, really grounds me and calms me down so I can start my day with a fresh, with a fresh head. Um, and that happens between 5.30 in the morning <laughs> um, until, I don't know, maybe seven if I'm like, in if it. I take my time with the yoga and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's been, it's been my saving grace through COVID. Mm. Like every single day without a fail, um, I would do it and I would try to find ways to like embellish it a little bit. So um, with the yoga, I would like roll out the mat and I would put a bunch of like little candles around it just to make my environment more enjoyable and just to look forward to it because it is it is a grueling in some way or another, right? Like you're mm -hmm. waking up at 530 to like exercise your body yeah yeah <laughs> when you just want to be in bed sometimes yeah exactly exactly so uh just prioritizing that and it might not be the most enjoyable thing in the world every single day um it, it really it was the saving grace so yeah gym with gym with the j, gym with the j. <laughs> i love that um i know exactly what you mean though like there's it's just something about like knowing like after how you're going to feel too sometimes. So you're like, oh, I don't want to do this now, but I got to do it. That was me with like, I wanted to do breath work this morning and breath work is something I've, I've started exploring this year. I've met some people that are breath work facilitators. And for me, it's a, it's a very active thing. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but yeah, it, it takes a lot of your energy. And then this morning I was just not wanting to do it, but I knew I just know when I, I have to do it, I feel like as we said, there's like a threshold that I meet that I need to like release this energy. And I do that through breath work. And um, yeah, I, I, I just, I just force myself to do it. And just after I, you just feel so much better. And there's like that dopamine effect after. And sometimes I just try and like sit in it, sit in that feeling once it's done, whether it's that or like exercise and just be like, this feeling is bliss. And just remember this feeling next time that you don't, you don't want to do it. You don't want to get up early and like, you know, like sometimes if you don't start work till 730, you're like, why would I wake up at 530? But I'm, I'm all for a morning routine. I'm the same as you. Like I need two hours before I leave my house <laughs> if I'm going to leave my house that day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you're just going to be so much better, like 
to the people around you. You're just, you'll become like a, a more pleasant human being yeah. <laughs> with doing that, right? So it's, yeah. it's definitely worth it. And I think with journaling, one thing that I love is um, like I journaled all through all through while I was living in France and even now during COVID and things are so strange and crazy. And um, I was able to look back at my past journals and like read whatever mental state I was at or whatever was happening in the world. I remember when um, the Notre Dame Cathedral burned down, I was in France at the time and I wrote one line. So it doesn't have to be anything intricate, right? It's just like a liner or a two page essay, like whatever you feel like being in the moment. Um, but at the time that day, I wrote to date the heart of Paris burns. And going back like a year later after writing them, like, Oh my gosh, I'm like touching a little bit, a piece of yeah. the past. Right. Yeah. So it's, I, I think journaling is such an amazing self-development tool and you can sit with it and reflect with it and, and see how much you've grown. So I, it's definitely something that I recommend for everyone to do. I, I completely agree. I, I'm a huge journaler too. Something I'm, I'm really toying with lately though is like there's parts of my journal and I know you, you probably, I, I'm assuming you might feel the same way, but you pick up certain journals and you, you know at the beginning of that journal, maybe it was a really dark time. And I, I just, I like, it's like, it's like a scab. You like want to pick it, but you know, you can't. So sometimes you're like, oh, do I open it or not? You know, and sometimes you just go back into that emotion. Sometimes maybe it can be a good thing, but I don't know that that's something I've, I've been finding interesting lately, but I remember the question I wanted to ask you okay. um, earlier. We were talking about how pouring from a empty cup versus pouring from like overflow or a full cup. Mm-hmm. That has been another thing. So many things this year. It's just been a crazy year for everyone, but, um, Something that's been super interesting for me that I've been really exploring and facing with curiosity, obviously curiosity, but um, feeling like guilt around taking time for myself and filling up my cup. But even though I know in the long term, it's going to be beneficial for everyone, including the ones I love. But sometimes it's like, oh, I could be picking up this call of a loved one that like just wants to talk, but I know that I need time by myself today to recharge or, or whatever it is. Do you ever feel that way or is it just me being weird? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're being human. Yeah. Um, I definitely struggle with that in my work a Mm. a lot, actually. Um, especially as of late with, uh, school and everything else that I had going on. I just knew that, there was no way that I could authentically show up for people in the state that I was in, in the mental state and all the pressures that I was facing, you know, literally just this week, just last week. Um, and oh my gosh, I feel so guilty because, and, and, and pressured in a lot of ways because uh, in social media, like in this world, things move fast, Right. And you always kind of question like, oh, if I don't post today, will I have the same numbers tomorrow? Because a lot of it is about numbers, unfortunately, you know, Um, and just knowing that it's okay to put a pause on work and that's not going to, you know, make everything that you worked for crumble. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a lot of the narrative that's in your head Mm -hmm. when you take a pause. Um, and just 
being patient with yourself and reminding that it's okay. Like having faith in what you've built and knowing that the people who show up for you really show up for you and they would rather you being in a better mental state than (laughs) posting just to post. Um, yeah, is, is something that I always have to come to terms with like time and time and time and again, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no feeling guilt is, uh, (laughs) is, is, is part of, I guess the self-care process, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's something that I really want to, um, maybe just like explore further, like, where is this guilt, um, coming from? Because there's been the moments where I, I put myself on the back burner and try and be there for these people or whatever it is, or, um, work or whatever. But it's, as you said, like, I'm not showing up authentically and and you're holding resentments when you're there and you just aren't able to, as we talked about the meditation, hold space for these other people because you haven't held the space for yourself. So Yeah. It's just something I, I've found a lot of, and, and I'm not saying this, it's going to apply to anyone, but when I talk to other women about it, I feel like they really can understand what I'm saying. And I spoke to someone last week at this event and she was saying, she was like, this is me this week. <laughs> so we just kind of bonded over that. And I think there's something to be said for that. I know I was a, a little all over the place, but just there's just so many things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, if people want to get in contact with you and they really resonate with you, where can you be found? So on my platform on Instagram at a glimpse of Maria, and then you can always email me because it's the professional way to reach out <laughs> to someone <laughs> at a glimpse of Maria at gmail.com. Amazing. So. Thank you so much for joining me today and for taking the time to talk with me and for being so open and so vulnerable with me. Like, honestly, it it means so much to me. So thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm all smiles. This this was such a (laughs) wholesome conversation. So thank you for adding such a beautiful part to my day. (laughs) Thank you. You as well. I would like to take a moment to say thank you to Maria once again for coming on the Curious One podcast. On this episode, I want to keep the quote short and share some words from Jeff Foster. I have actually had this quote written in my journal for years now. Don't mistake the weather of your mind for the sky of your being. All right, that's all I have for you on this episode. Please take care of yourself. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.